you're ready to stop submitting basic applications and winging your interview for your next nursing role, whether you're a graduate nurse or a seasoned healthcare professional, we'd love to exclusively invite you to our secret nurse growth hub, where you can get all of the support to apply, interview and land your next nursing role completely free. All of the resources that we've shared and created over the last three years that have helped 3,000 plus nurses internationally apply, interview and land their next nursing role. So what are you waiting for? Come and join us today. It's completely free. LiamCaswell.com forward slash NGH. Come and join the Nurse Growth Hub today and let's make applying, interviewing and landing your next nursing role easy. listening to the High Performance Nursing Podcast with me, Liam Caswell, where I help clinicians just like you take control of their careers and remove all the things stopping you from achieving your biggest goals. Let's dive in. Hello, future graduate nurses. I hope you're all well. Welcome back to the podcast, the Grad Nurse Success Series. I hope your graduate applications and your interview preparation are going swimmingly and that you are feeling super confident in everything that you are creating and putting out into the world. Now is your time. Oh my goodness, all the programs are opening. July is a busy, busy month. We have just wrapped up New South Wales and we're just finalising PMCV. And then July happens and we've got all of the programs, St Vincent's Health, we've got Ramsey across the country, A Health, who else? Queensland Health is happening, Tasmania Health, South Australia, it's all happening. Okay, which is super exciting. And I know some of you are having a little internal meltdown, and that's okay, that's all we're here for. It. But just lean into the content here, listen to the podcast, download our freebies, we've got another sneaky freebie coming in the coming weeks so watch this space related to interview because I've been listening to you all a lot of you have said hey Liam I actually just need interview support so watch this space something is coming but today I wanted to talk to you about cover letters our good friend the cover letter we have got 10 minutes to nail cover letters and I'm going to give you as much as I feasibly can in this short period of time now Contrary to popular belief, you do not need to submit a cover letter for every job. Okay, so this is really where your pre-application interview, uh, pre-application research comes in. I'm having a little brain fart. It comes in and we need to lean into what it is they're actually looking for in the position description, in the job advertisement. So I really don't want you to waste any time writing a cover letter or thinking that you need to submit a cover letter because it's some like trick where they've said they don't need one, but only the people that send one will get a job. That is not the case. If a job says no cover letter required, do not submit a cover letter. Okay, you've just saved yourself hours and headaches. So save your Panadol for the selection criteria or whatever else they throw at you. So now that we've got that out of the way, we're only going to do a cover letter when it's required. Now, some of the different types of cover letter that you're going to come across include the following. A generic, just one page cover letter, tell us why you want to work here, okay? The next one is a cover letter that addresses a couple of questions that they've outlined. The next one is a cover letter that addresses selection criteria. Now, you could argue that a cover letter with questions and a cover letter with selection criteria are the same thing, but they do look different across different programs, so just pay acute attention to that. And then some places just ask for like a one page statement, tell us why you want to work here, tell us what 
you why you think you should be hired versus everybody else. So there are the kind of four main cover letters, so to speak. So it's quite difficult in a sense to give a good a graduate nurse or a nurse at any level in their career like a structure a framework for cover letters because they're so variable there's a, such a variety in them however what i will give you is like a loose outline and some key things to think about and some kind of red flags and things that you don't want to be doing to make sure that you set yourself up for success of course it would be a miss of me to not preface this with if you are struggling with your cover letter writing and you want all the support our gclp is still open and you can join us for july programs within the gclp and the link is in the show notes and we would love to support you and make this so much easier for you and with you so when we think about the structure of a cover letter we've got to first of all make sure that it aesthetically looks the same as all of our other documents okay so it needs to look the same as your cv your selection criteria it needs to be laid out the same the font the same let's create that beautiful cohesive professional brand in your cover letter that just means like just duplicate the document and create like your cv and then remove all the content make sure you've saved the original and then you can use that as a template okay we want it to look like a, a cohesive suite of documents when it's printed out in front of the employer now from there of course some of you are going to go down the route of like putting in all the details and like old letter fashion you know let's put in all of their address and like all of the things and I don't do that. I don't recommend you do that. The reason why is you're ultimately wasting like five to six lines. Some of you might put your address up in the corner and then the employer's address. Your address is always a good idea, but the employer's address, like I think they know where they are. <laughs> I think they know where they work. And I think that that's just wasted space. It's not going to lose you the job or land you the job if you do that. Now, the, the first section in your cover letter, regardless of what format it is, is always going to be like a professional career summary, a blurb. This is like the hook, right? This is what hooks them in and gets them wanting to read more. And for those of you that are really trying to set yourself apart from other applicants, this is where you've got to get creative. This is where in the GCLP we spend a lot of time in helping people identify what makes them unique, what makes them special. Why do they really stand out versus the hundreds of other people that are applying? And we really craft that first section so that the reader really wants to read on, okay? Remember, we have such short attention spans, we've got about 7.4 seconds. So we've got to make sure that that first section of the cover letter really speaks to the employer, that we've mentioned the employer, we've got creative about telling our career story and selling our unique skill sets. Now, from there, depending on what kind of cover letter you're going with, if it's just a generic cover letter, we want to then think about what do we know about the job? What do we know about the employer? How can we sell out and communicate our skill set to show them where and when we have done what they are looking for us to do in the future? So we're looking to our past experiences as an undergraduate nurse, maybe even as an AIN use in Ruson. And we're taking that and we're then putting it into maybe star-based examples to show them and communicate our skill set in some of the key areas that they've identified. Now, if you're lost or you're stuck with this and you're thinking, what the hell is Liam even talking about? It's a good sign you maybe need some help with this. Come and join us in the GCLP. But if you are thinking, you know, hold on, I can work this out. My top tip would be go to the position description and look at their most repeated words. What are they talking about the most? What are they 
asking you to achieve or to demonstrate in your job responsibilities, that is a real good indicator as to what they're looking for. So that's just for like your generic cover letter structure, okay? We're gonna use examples where possible, we're gonna tie in the industry buzzwords, we're gonna talk about the vision and the values of the organization. If you are looking for a specific specialty, you're gonna speak specialty language. You're gonna talk critical care, you're gonna talk palliative care, mental health, community care, perioperative, and you're gonna show them your understanding of it. And we're gonna do what I call is we're gonna tell them what you have done in the past, we're not gonna teach them what you have done. And the difference here is really important. It's one of the biggest challenges that we see in all facets of interview and application is that people tend to go into teaching mode instead of telling mode. And what do I mean? So teaching mode is, as a nurse, I do X, Y, and Z. I really thoroughly assess my patients. I do this because X, Y, and Z. I communicate clearly, communicating for safety in accordance with the national standards to escalate and inform doctors about my patient's changes in status. That is teaching them. You're almost treating them like they don't know, which is not a bad thing because we never want to assume that they do know. But the difference when we tell them is we're telling them from our lived experience. Teaching almost doesn't give them proof or evidence that you've done it in the past. They have to get creative and think, oh, well, maybe Liam has done this because he seems to know something about it. He's teaching me about it, but he's not telling me a story about his experience actually doing the thing. And that's so, so important. That could be the deciding factor between you landing the job and not landing the job, between you landing the interview and not landing the interview, is if you just go in teacher mode. The same applies to interview, but we're not gonna talk about it here, but just imagine what it would feel like for a panel to be taught how to nurse when they already know. And instead they're looking for you to tell them about how you nurse and how you have done something in the past and whether or not you can then repeat that in the future. So we want to tell, not teach. We want to really think about how we can draw upon our past experiences and show them why they're relevant now in the present and how they're going to be relevant in the future, regardless of what they ask you, okay? So we're really taking them on that journey and showing them this story of like, I did this on my last placement in my third year, I cared for four acutely unwell patients, and in the role of graduate nurse moving forward at St. Vincent's Hospital, Sydney, I'm going to be able to demonstrate this because I've done it before. I cared for four acutely unwell patients and I tended to their comprehensive needs. So just a little example there for you. So that's kind of like a cover letter, a generic cover letter where there's kind of no rules. Usually they're one page and that's that. Now we're going to go over 10 minutes, but you're going to stick with me because you guys need this information. So a cover letter with questions and selection criteria can be a little different. What we want to do is we want to look, again, set it up the same way, aesthetically pleasing, branded. We want a professional career summary. And then we probably want to create topic sentences re relative to the question that they've posed to us or the selection criteria. And then depending on the question or the selection criteria, if it is looking for an example from your past, we want to use the STAR approach. We want to make sure that we use the STAR approach to demonstrate a time in the past where we have completed an activity. We show them our skill set. Now, in response to questions that are not behavioural, that do not require a STAR response, we then want to go in and identify, are they a list style question whereby we're just telling a story, for example, or our qualities 
Or is it actually a hypothetical clinical scenario where we can step them through something and kind of future pace them? It's quite uncommon to get those in written selection criteria, but they do show up from time to time. We had a couple that showed up last year in our grad application process, and it was usually the stickier questions for people to answer because they weren't sure how to respond to them. Now, when we think about the the layout of that, we're just going to literally set it up. And I would personally just have your professional summary and then break down the three or four questions that you might have that they need you to address or the selection criteria. And then we just write. We write imperfectly until we have an answer that we're happy with. And then we call it and we think about how, how many pages it is. And we kind of just pull it back in and rein it back in whilst maintaining the content so that you can then obviously sell and communicate your skill set to the employer. So that's the typical layout for a cover letter and questions, cover letter selection criteria. Of course, we wrap it up off at the end, but I'd even get you to think about how can you do that creatively? How can you do that in speaking the language, speaking the specialties language, speaking the programs language, the hospitals language, and really show them that you've done your research. That is arguably what the competitive edge is within our GCLP, the people that come and join us in the GCLP, is that we get so creative about how we do that so that they really do stand out for all the right reasons, like very smart, very intelligently done, leveraging what makes them unique and special. And that's what ultimately lands you the grad. And then finally, a statement. So some programs, not many, will offer or ask you to just write a statement. They'll say, just write a one-page statement of why you adhere to the Ramsey way or tell us about why you're the best fit for this job in a one-page statement. Again, it's very vague and ambiguous and it's kind of challenging to tackle that. But all I can say is really, again, we want to optimise or utilise the position description as much as we can. And then from there, we want to just take the key points and tell our career story, tell our experiences, not teaching them, telling them using examples that are related to what they're looking for in the position description to communicate why you're the perfect fit. Wrap it off with a beautiful summary at the end and then you're done. So in summary, cover letters are not always required. So do not stress about writing one. Don't trick yourself into thinking, oh, maybe it'll give me a competitive advantage if they haven't asked for one and I do one. I guarantee you they're gonna throw it straight in the bin. So don't do it to yourself. Give them what they want, not what you think they need. And then from there, we are going to use the structure of beautiful aesthetics. We're going to make sure it's a professional brand. We've got all the documents of the same. We are going to address it to whoever is of concern. Ideally, we have a name. Then we're going to create a really awesome professional summary without wasting space for addresses and names and all of the things. We're going to hook them at the start of that professional summary and really communicate why you're unique, special and awesome, because you all are in your own way, but we just gotta communicate that and draw that out so that you can show them why they should pick you over other people. And don't forget it's competitive, right? So like the typical, like I'm excited to apply for dot, dot, dot is not gonna land. They'll have seen it a hundred times. So you wanna wake them up, almost catch their attention off the bat and they think, oh my God, I need to read more of this. So then from there, we're going to identify what kind of cover letter is it? What structure do I need to include here? And then we're going to go down whatever pathway I've just talked about. And then we're going to wrap it off beautifully. We're going to optimize the whole cover letter. We're going to go back through it with a fine tooth comb. We're going to look for all the buzzwords, the topical words, the industry words, the hospital words, the specialty words. And we're going to speak the language throughout whilst selling your skill set. And then from there, you're going to sign it off beautifully at the end. And that's your cover letter done. So... 
Of course, I make it sound super easy <laughs> in 10 minutes or to 15 minutes or so, but it is complex and it's challenging. And a lot of you have been messaging me recently telling me, hey, Liam, love the podcast, love all the things. And that's lovely. So thank you for those of you that have done that, because I know lots of you are listening. But what I wanted to touch on here was that sometimes when you're writing cover letter selection criteria and your CV, it's worthwhile getting familiar with feeling a little awkward and feeling a little bit like, ooh, this is a bit overconfident. You're going to feel a little discomfort when you write in this way. And that's totally normal. I don't want you to think that anything's gone wrong or that you're too confident or that you should be worried because maybe you're like blowing your own trumpet. That is the game, my friends. We want to blow our own trumpet in a confident, respectful, kind of compassionate, kind, authentic manner. We're not in the business here of, you know, really boosting ourselves up and being like, I'm the best graduate nurse, pick me. We're really looking to the past, looking at those experiences that you've created and that you have had in your nursing careers up to this point, and then just conveying them in a professional manner. Normally, you don't talk about all of the things that you do every day and you don't gloat about them and you don't sell them because it's just what you do. But when you write them in a cover letter, a selection criteria, a CV, and then when you go and talk about them in an interview, you should feel a little discomfort. If you don't feel discomfort and you don't feel a little bit too like, oh, is this too confident? Then you're probably not selling yourself enough. And you can use that as a gauge and a measure, but you're not allowed to use that to beat yourself up. Alrighty. So we are currently wrapping up PMCV. So if you're applying for PMCV, you've missed the boat to join us in the GCLP. However, if you're applying for PMCV and you want to practice interview and get access to our online pre-recorded video interview vault, you can come and join an offering that we've got coming up, which is an interview prep course. And it's going to be purely just based on interview. And it's pretty incredible. This is just going to be a specific interview course because I know some of you just need and want the interview prep. So that's exciting and that's coming. For the rest of you that are applying for July programs, my advice would be the sooner you start, the better, okay? I know some of the programs aren't needing CVs, but most of them are. So just keep that in mind that even though your main program might not need a CV, you're still going to have to put the work in and create a CV because they're going to need you to copy and paste it over, specifically Queensland Health, from your CV into the portal. And you're going to need it for other programs because what we don't do, if you listen to this podcast, you definitely are not going to do this this year. It's just apply for one grad program. Please do not do that. You will shoot yourself in the foot. We don't put all our eggs into one basket. So we want to start preparing now. Today is the best day to start preparing for the programs, even if they open in 16 days time, okay? So if you want all the support, all the help, you want to work with me and my team of nurse coaches, and you want to guarantee your grad, come and join us in the GCLP. Let this be your sign. Let this be the moment that you come join us and gift yourself all the support because everybody deserves support. And we'll see you in the GCLP. If not, we'll see you next week on the Grand Nurse Success Series. I'll chat to you then. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I'm so privileged that you spent your time with us here today. Hey, can I ask a favour? If you know someone that would benefit from this podcast episode, please share it with them. The more you share, the more we get in front of amazing nurses and we're able to help them see that nursing on their terms across their career is totally possible for them. So I'd love if you could do that. Now, I will see you in the next episode next week. Until then, let's make this year the year that you nurse on your terms. Are you ready? Let's do it.